In Acts uh, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11 this morning, I want to take a little time and kind of unpack some things, maybe a little bit longer message this morning. I hope that's okay. Uh, but something has just been on my heart as I've been studying um, end times and studying the return of Christ, the rapture, and uh, the second coming, two completely different events, but very, very important. In verse 1, it says, In my former book, Theopolis, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Remember, Luke uh, wrote the book of Luke. Um, we find that uh, description of his writing in Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. He had uh, begun teaching about Jesus and the works that uh, Christ had done. Remember, he was a Greek. He wasn't an original disciple, um, but he traveled with Paul much of um, the book of Acts. Luke is with him, and also he studied intensely to find out if these things were true, and then he reported back to this man, Theophilus, so that what Theophilus would believe would be um, would be grounded in truth. And Luke, um, we're not sure if he was paid by this man to do this, or he was studying on his own, and Theophilus said um, something like, hey, uh, make sure that what you believe and what I believe will be will be able to defend and began to teach uh, the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John talk about the account of Jesus' life in detail, um, but not complete detail. You could read all the words of Jesus in probably a couple hours, and we know that uh, he ministered for over three years, so obviously not everything is in there. But the things that they felt were important and the things that the Holy Spirit led them to write, uh, they wrote in those Gospels. Verse 2 says, until the day he was taken up to heaven after, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen, taking up into heaven the last scene of Luke's gospel in Luke 24, verses 50 and 52, uh, becomes the opening scene of Acts as Jesus returns to his glory. We know that Jesus came and wrapped himself in human flesh, John chapter 1, verse 14, and after he had completed that work that God gave them to do in his obedience to his father. He returned to the glory that he once knew back to heaven. He said through the Holy Spirit, everything would be accomplished. Moving forward, everything would happen in and through the Holy Spirit. Uh, these 11 verses are really about the Holy Spirit and about Jesus teaching and what was to come. We know that for uh, uh, verse 3, after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. For 40 days after his resurrection, Jesus walked on the earth, proving to them that he was the Son of God. He said he would rise in three days, and he did, and he revealed himself to many people. You can find um, an account of that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses one through 11. So for those 40 days, he remained on this earth. He uh, ministered to people. He um, delivered his message to them of what would continue um, and with the, how it would continue and how it would grow. And that would be through the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity that would empower them. Verse 4, on one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command, do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. 
in, in what's called the upper room discourse, um, which would be the teachings in the upper room while he sat with them, John chapter 14, John chapter 15, and John chapter 16, Jesus described what would happen next. Jesus described that he was going to be killed, he was going to be betrayed, then he would be killed and he would rise again, and that the Holy Spirit would come. And it was imperative, he said, uh, in that discourse in John 14, 15, 16, that he go away because if he didn't go away, the Holy Spirit would not come. So one of the proofs that Jesus made it back to heaven was the fact that the Holy Spirit came and empowered these men. Verse 5, um, 10 days from that would be the Feast of Pentecost. And on that 10th day, the day of Pentecost, the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out and the church was empowered. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through Four. So we know that God gave this command and the command was to go and to wait until the Holy Spirit uh, would be given them and they would be empowered. But typical of these disciples, they had more questions and you and I would too. Put yourself in the story. Verse six, when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? The same question they asked in Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 through 8. And in in that um, Matthew chapter 24 called the Olivet Discourse, um, he gives them some instructions about what would happen in uh, the in the end times and how they should be prepared and not to be deceived. But on this occasion, he wanted to make sure that they understood that they would be needing to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. Uh, verse 7, he's, he redirects them. It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Now, he notice he doesn't say that I'm not coming back. He doesn't say it's not important, but he does say let's not worry about dates and times because the dates and times are in the Father's hands. So we study the end times to understand what's going to come about, but we never set dates that's a very dangerous thing to do, and men have done that for years, and they've they've been wrong every time. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That word power is uh, the Greek word dunamis, where we get our word dynamite. God is going to empower you with the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, uh, who is equal in every way to the Father and the Son, and he will empower you. And everything moving forward will happen because the Holy Spirit teaches you what I teach the Holy Spirit. And then you'll be my witnesses. And that word really means martyrus is, is you'll be giving your lives for me. And each one but one would do that. John would live a natural life. We know that because... He ended up writing the book of Revelation and he wrote the book of John and first and second and third John as well. Some of the later books that were written um, in the canon of scripture, the New Testament. Verse nine says, after he had said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid them from their sight. The ascension of Christ began what we know as the church age, which will end at the rapture of the church, which we find being taught by Paul in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through 18. Um, it's exciting to know that the church age in which we live in, at the moment Jesus was um, 
ascended or taken into heaven, that that began this age and the clock has been ticking ever since. And we're as close to the coming of the Lord as we've ever been, uh, which is kind of logical, right? Because we're one day closer. But it's exciting to think about that Jesus is coming back for his church. He's coming back for a church, the, the scripture says, without spot or wrinkle. He's preparing us. He's empowering us through the Holy Spirit. And in Hebrews chapter 7, it tells us he prays for us every day. That's pretty cool to know that God prays for us, that through Jesus Christ, he sits next to the Father at the right hand of God. We know that from uh, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, and Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, that he's next to the Father and he's not idle. He's praying for you and I. Verse 10, they were looking intently into the sky he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Angels announced the birth of Christ. Angels announced the empty tomb. And now angels announced that uh, Jesus is going away and he's going to come back. When the disciples asked Jesus in Matthew chapter 24 about the end times, they were sitting on the Mount of Olivet. When Jesus is leaving, they're standing on the Mount of Olivet. When Jesus returns in the second coming, uh, he will stand upon the Mount of Olivet. So that is very important. Um, uh, and this is uh, the, the main thing about that. Uh, these, these, these angels come to deliver an important message. And here's the message in verse 11. Men of Galilee, all these disciples were Galilean. Uh, they said, why do you stand looking here into the sky? This same Jesus, not another, uh, not an imposter, uh, not a lookalike, but this same Jesus that you'll recognize who has been taking from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into the heaven. In the same way. He'll return, the Bible says in Matthew chapter 24, verses 30 and 31, in the clouds. When he, when he comes back that time, the second coming, the whole world will look at him and the whole world will see him. In First Thessalonians chapter 4, 13 through 18, at the rapture, the church only, the church will know. And there will be some cataclysmic event that will also coincide with the rapture that will cause the world to go into such a frenzy. And maybe they won't even miss us so much, uh, but they'll have an explanation for the reason that we are gone. But at the second coming, Matthew 24, 30 through 31, he's coming back to that same mountain. And as he touches the mountains, it will split and he will come in power. He came before to be our savior when he comes the second time um, at the second coming, he will come to judge the earth. Uh, so what should our response be? to the fact that we know that Jesus, um, this same Jesus is coming back for us. And we know that um, at the rapture of the church that we'll go to be uh, with him. Well, let's look at Titus chapter two, verses 11 through 15. It says in Titus chapter two, verse 11, for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. This is how we know it's not just for the Jews. All men means everyone, Jews and Gentile alike. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright and godly lives in this present age. Whatever age you are living in, whatever time uh, from the 2,000 years that since Jesus left till, till the time he comes back, we're to live godly lives. Verse 13, while we wait for the blessed hope, which is the rapture, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all, all wickedness and to purify us for himself a people that are 
his very own eager to do what is good. We encourage one another with the, the fact that we know that God is coming back. Our Savior's coming back the way he left. He left in the clouds. He's coming back. And at the rapture, he's only going to come back to the air. And the Bible says that we will go to meet him. But at the second coming, he will stand upon the Mount of Olivets and all the world will know that all of a sudden this Jesus will appear in power and in might. And again, he's not coming as the savior at that time. He's coming as the king and as the judge of the world. So what should our response be? Our response should be that we give our lives to Christ fully and completely, that we surrender everything to him and we say yes to him. We ask him to come into our lives to cleanse us of our sins because the next time he comes and he returns to this earth, he will not come as a savior. He will come as a judge. So let's take time this uh, this morning as you listen to this and, and let's um, cleanse our hearts by just uh, asking God to forgive us and to cleanse us and to prepare us. And let's get back into the battle, back into the mission of telling the world that there is a Savior that's madly in love with them. And while, we're, while we have this time, let's minister for him. Let's be his ministers filled with the Holy Spirit and filled with love and filled with grace. And let's take it to a world that's a desperately needs to know that Jesus loves them. Let me pray for you. In Numbers chapter 6, verse 24, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you until we talk again.